Michigan State's Quidditch team is traveling to the 7th annual Quidditch World Cup this weekend. This event will be the culmination of a year of training, commitment, and service for Michigan State and 79 other teams as they gather in North Myrtle Beach this weekend. The Spartans qualified for the World Cup earlier this year after picking up a win in the Midwest Regional Tournament in Rockford, Illinois back in October. The Spartan Spitfires, the team name for the Michigan State University Quidditch Club, are making their fourth straight appearance in the Quidditch World Cup. I spoke with Public Relations Representative Maggie Hermanson about how they prepared for this tournament and how they were able to get funding. The Winter Fantasy Tournament and Yule Ball was their first opportunity to raise funds for the World Cup back in February. They later created an Indiegogo account accepting donations for the team online. We raised about 500, I think $550 from doing that, which was really cool because um, we had a lot of our players contribute themselves and their dates and, um, and be able to get friends to come, um, especially with uh, sororities. There are some, some of our Quidditch girls are in sororities, and so they use that as their philanthropy event. It was really, really awesome. The, the event itself was fun, but the money we made from it is going towards World Cup. And, yeah, we raised, I think, $550 from Indiegogo as well, so that's a good chunk a good chunk of money that um, that we can't really replicate with anything else, especially this late in the season because World Cup's next week. So um, we got to get hankering down on that money and get it um, going to the places it needs to go. And the money will go to fuel tanks of those players volunteering to drive cars full of Michigan State Quidditch members to North Myrtle Beach and to provide food for the players during their stay. Maggie will be cheering her team on from East Lansing, while head coach Ian Hoopengarner and the team travel with hopes of snatching a Quidditch World Cup crown. Maggie told me the goal for the tournament is to win their pool and advance to bracket play with hopes of somehow surviving long enough to win the tournament. I don't know what the exact goal is, but I think it is to win our pool hopefully, um, and then hopefully advance towards winning World Cup, but I think a good goal would be to win at our pool. MSU will take the field Saturday morning against the Long Beach Funky Quaffles at 11 a.m., and again at 1 p.m. against Syracuse University. They finish out pool play Saturday night against the Steel City Quidditch Club. Other World Cup qualifiers from the Michigan area include... Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, the University of Michigan, and Grand Valley. Quidditch has expanded rapidly throughout its short existence. What began as a fantasy game played only in the minds of those who read Harry Potter and later watched the films is now a sport that gets played in real life and it generates lots of interest on college campuses. While I have seen my fellow MSU students play Quidditch at Munn Field this fall, and met some of their players and members of the executive board of the club. I wondered how Quidditch was organized for such a grand stage like the Quidditch World Cup. The Quidditch World Cup has grown exponentially since its start in 2007, where only two teams, Middlebury College in Vermont and Vesser College in New York, competed for the top achievement in the fledgling sport. The following year, the Quidditch World Cup expanded to 13 teams, then to 22 teams in 2009, 46 in 2010, 60 in 2011, 
with an additional 25 Division II teams and 8 high school teams. This year, the International Quidditch Association is excited to provide the 7th Quidditch World Cup, and I talked to Sarah Woolsey, the Events and Development Director for the IQA, about what it is she does for a living. Um, so I um, currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I went to the University of Maryland, which is where I was introduced to the sport of Quidditch. And now I work full-time as the Events and Development Director for the International Quidditch Association. Well, first of all, did you ever wake up as a, you know, a child or a college student and think that you would be working in Quidditch, that would be your career path, and you'd be in such a large organization like the IQA? Honestly, um, as a kid, if you had said, hey, Sarah, when you're a grown-up, you will be events and development director for the International Quiz Association, I probably would have been beyond shocked and then probably started crying of happiness. Um, I was a huge Harry Potter uh, nerd as a child. Um, and I mean, I still wrote about the Harry Potter book series. And there are, um, you know, there are a lot of players who can come to Quidditch because of Harry Potter series. We also have a number of players who never read Harry Potter. But for me, uh, being able to be the tournament director for the Quidditch World Cup is something that doesn't really lose its novelty. And it's, just, it's very exciting and very humbling to be able to help make this uh, tournament a success. Tell me a little bit about what your role is specifically in this year's World Cup. So this event in particular, I'm the tournament director. So my role is to coordinate our World Cup staff. We have 36 staff members, um, 35 of whom are volunteers, all working to coordinate the event. So we have people working in uh, logistics, in marketing, in hospitality, in volunteers, and everyone works together to make the event the best event it can be. So it's, uh, it's very interesting to coordinate a group of 36 volunteers to plan such a large-scale event. Um, but it is something that, you know, through the years we figured out what works, what doesn't work, and everyone's really passionate, uh, very passionate about making the event come together and make it better than last year. It's kind of always what the goal is. While Maggie got her start at Quidditch her freshman year at Michigan State, after seeing the Quidditch team at participation, Sarah had a similar beginning in college where she started her Quidditch career as a player before moving into the front office. Um, I, so I started playing, um, playing at the University of Maryland my freshman year. Um, I actually hadn't played any sports or anything before. Um, I went to Quidditch practice and absolutely fell in love with it. And that's one thing I think that's very unique about Quidditch is that a lot of people who don't play, haven't played sports before are introduced to them through Quidditch. Um, there are also a number, of, a number of people who have been athletes for a year and play other sports. So it's a nice, it's an interesting mix in the community of people who have played before and people who haven't. And how did you get involved with the IQA? Um, I actually found that there was an opening posted for um, the uh, gameplay department. So I thought it sounded interesting. I went and applied for it, and I started working for the IQA in October 2011. About a year later, I was I started as the development director for the IQA, doing social outreach, fundraising, things like that. Um, I got involved in planning more and more events, and then in May 2013, I was selected as the World Cup 7 tournament director, and I was hired as the events and development director as a staff member. Sarah then recalled some of her fondest memories of her Quidditch career specifically her experiences with Quidditch World Cups prior to this year. The first World 
Cup that I went to was World Cup 4, which was held in New York City. And World Cup 4 was actually the first World Cup that was held outside of Middlebury, Vermont, which is where the sport was originated. Um, so I started at World Cup 4. I went as a player. I didn't really have any other involvement. Um, I also attended World Cup 5 as a player and then World Cup 6 as a player as well. Um, kind of getting more and more involved with the planning of the tournament each year. And one thing that is really incredible is Quidditch is unique as a sport in general, but the Quidditch World Cup has a very different atmosphere from other Quidditch tournaments. Uh, it's a very lively atmosphere. There's a lot going on, um, and it's it's really interesting to see everybody come together. The Quidditch community is a very vibrant community. A lot of people know people on other teams. Um, it's a lot closer than um, you know other activities might be. Even though they're competing teams, they'll still be pretty close off the field. Um, so something that's been very interesting about the Quidditch community is how unique it is and something that is highlighted very clearly at the World Cup. The atmosphere is awesome at the event. Um, there's, I mean, most Quidditch tournaments have a sense of camaraderie between the teams because even when they're competing, a lot of the teams know people on other teams. There's a vibrant online community, um, primarily based on Facebook and Tumblr, but the players see each other throughout the year at events. Um, they'll travel out of state to go to uh, mixed tournament, uh, mixed mixed team tournaments during the summer, um, and keep in contact with other players from other teams. So there is definitely that that jubilant atmosphere at World Cup where people are seeing friends and players they have. They only see once a year World Cup. Um, there's definitely a high level of competition. It's World Cup, it's the highest level of competition throughout events this season. So there's a lot of people getting really excited about games. You hear a lot of uh, a lot of players walking around the event site saying, "Oh, we can hear so and so beat that team, and oh, that team lost to this team." There's a lot of that um, interest as well. And what's also great about World Cup is that it's our biggest spectator activity, uh, spectator event of the year. So there's a lot of people who either are huge Quidditch fans and travel to World Cup to see it. And there's also a lot of people who haven't seen it before, heard about it, thought it sounded neat, and tried it out, um, and then think that's absolutely awesome and then we see some of those folks happen to go to world cup and then keep going to keep going to world cup year after year so um you know it's really it's it's very exciting to see that atmosphere and everyone kind of coming together in this spirit to kind of celebrate quidditch and see really high level competition the transition from player to planner was not so easy for sarah but the community of the iqa teams and players is a reflection of the people who are behind the scenes whose hard work and dedication are the backbone for the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, it's a lot of work. I think a lot of times people don't know how much work goes into making a tournament happen, um, but there's, there's quite a lot. And something that I, um, you know, I think is a general goal of mine is to make the event as effortless as possible for everybody involved. So, you know, that the athletes can go to the tournament, play, focus on their games, and not have to focus on any of the other details you know, the spectators can come in and have a really high-quality guest experience without having to worry about, you know, things like where, where they get a park and where do they go to find this. So that's something that all of our staff works really hard to make happen, um, you know, making sure that we try to think of every single possible contingency and then plan for it so that when the event comes, everybody who's there to enjoy it can do that, enjoy the event. Um, so it's, it's been a challenge. Uh, we're also... They're, we're all based on based remotely, so we aren't together in the same place. But that has been a challenge. Um, it's always interesting coordinating 36 people, especially when it's 36 people in 36 cities on 36 different time schedules. Um, so it's always really exciting to see the event come together after we've 
um, been working on it for almost a full year, um, had all had late night Skype meetings, had email threads. Um, a lot of people on staff have never met each other face to face. So at World Cup, um, the days leading up to it is when all of the World Cup staff will arrive and meet each other, saying, "Oh, hey, we have worked together for eight months. It's nice to meet you." So it's a great it's a great atmosphere. The dedication and passion of these volunteers is incredible, and it's really an honor to be able to work with them and be able to put on an event um, that we're all that we can all be proud of at the end of the day. Sarah, along with her colleagues at the IQA, have done well to keep tabs on this year's competition. So I asked her who is the front runner to win this year's championship. There's there are a lot of names that keep popping up as far as, you know, who which teams are teams to watch and who might be favored favorite to win. Um, Texas A and M University is currently undefeated for the season. Um, and generally a very strong, considered a very strong contender for World Cup. Uh, University of Texas at Austin was the champion last year, World Cup 6, and it was the first time that Millbury College, which is the school that started Quidditch, um, hadn't won. So University of Texas won last year. Um, there's a few other teams. The Southwest in particular, particular is a very strong region in Quidditch, um, which encompasses um, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, um, there's also a number of teams throughout the whole country that I've seen is really strong. We have um, there's a community team based in Los Angeles called the Lost Boys that has been doing very well. They won the Western Regional Championship. Um, Boston University in the Northeast won the Northeast Championship. Bowling Green won the Midwest Regional Championship this past fall as well. And there's a lot of teams kind of throughout the country that people are keeping an eye on. So um, one thing that's always been interesting about World Cup is you know, in, in a lot, in similar to a lot of other sports, there are up, there are upsets and there are you know surprise winners. So I think there's definitely a lot of people that are having their eye having their eye on those teams. There's also a lot of other teams to look at. Well, here at Impact, we're pulling for the Spartans of Michigan State. Hopefully, they can pull off one of those upsets. So April 5th and April 6th is the Quidditch World Cup. You, all this time that you've spent over almost a year of planning and organizing. What are your thoughts as we approach this last couple of weeks before the big event? I am very excited. Um, we are about a week and a half out. Um, I actually will be in North Myrtle Beach in about a week. So I'm very excited to see it. I'm very excited to see all the teams start arriving, to see all the staff arriving and see the event. Um, I know it's going to pass by in a blink of an eye once it starts. So it's just really exciting. It's also kind of surreal that it's finally happening. We've been, um, you know, the group of us have been talking and planning for months and months. So it's really exciting that it's coming up. So, um, you know, we're just really excited for World Cup. And personally, I really cannot wait. Um, I, since I played in college, I was really connected to, you know, all the teams, the community, and I went to a lot of events. And now that I've graduated, I still go to a lot of events. I'm still connected to the community, but it's a very different feel. So, I'm really excited to see everybody at World Cup, to see the teams come together, to see, um, you know, the level of competition, to hopefully be able to watch a couple games um, and just kind of see everybody come together and remind our staff and our players and our spectators what Quidditch is all about. At the end of our conversation, Sarah was officially sworn in to the Secret Society Club, sharing her favorite sports moment and a secret. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have a Quidditch one and I have a non-Quidditch one. We can hear My both Quidditch of them. one is probably, uh, we went to a tournament 
at a school in Virginia. With, I went with the Maryland team, and we uh, won the tournament, which was exciting because we had never won a tournament before, and we had very rarely won games before. So, And I never played um, – I played lacrosse in high school and middle school for a year, but I hadn't played really team sports previously, so it was a really exciting feeling um, winning a tournament with my team. So that was probably my – one of my favorite Quidditch moments. Um, I'm also a huge sports fan, watching kind of any, pretty much any sport at all. Um, one of the exciting non-Quidditch sports moments was I went to a Charlotte Bobcats NBA game, and it was against the Lakers. It was, I think, eight years ago at this point. Um, they played the Lakers, and they won in a triple overtime game. So it was a really exciting um, crowd and atmosphere. So. That kind, of, that kind of incorporated what I love about sporting events is not only seeing this high level of competition and this great athleticism, but also having the crowd atmosphere and having that excitement and that joy and that fear when you're watching your team. Um, so that was probably one of my favorite sports, sports moments. Last thing uh, for the theme of the show, if you have a secret to share, now would be the time. I always ask my guests if they have any secrets. So an embarrassing secret is that I... Over the Christmas holidays, I got a tablet, um, and one of the apps that I downloaded was called Heyday, which is the dorkiest thing. It's a farming app. It's very similar to Farmville on Facebook, but I was always one of those people that made fun of people who played Farmville. I was like, how can you think that that's fun? Um, But that's definitely, I'd say, my secret is that I play Heyday on the app on my tablet. Well, we'll see how many people hear this and go ahead and download the app and also become addicted. I know, <laughs> exactly. I know how those those games can be. Um, first, you you talk down on them and then you end up playing them. All right, thank you so much, Sarah. Have a great evening. Yep, you too. To keep up with the Michigan State team this weekend, be sure to follow MSU Quidditch on Twitter and Facebook. I'd like to say thanks to Maggie and the Spartan Spitfires for their cooperation and help all year long. And thanks to everybody at the IQA, including Sarah Wolsey and their marketing director, Logan Anbender, for their help with this episode. For all the Spartans out there, make sure to show your support for the Quidditch team. And to everybody out in North Myrtle Beach, good luck. And enjoy the Howie Day performance. You know the IQA is doing something right when they get this guy coming to perform at their event. Next week on Secret Society, we have the MSU dodgeball team and a preview of the NCDA championships. And later in the month, we have MSU Pom Pom. They came in and took over the studio and had a lot of fun. I can't wait to get that one out to you. For all the staff here at Impact 89FM, I'm Bradley Allen, and this is Secret Society. Take care, everybody. Even the best fall down sometimes. Words seem to rhyme, and out of the doubt that fills your mind, somehow find you and I collide. I'm quiet. Make a first impression 
Well, I've found I'm scared to know I'm always on your mind. Well, even the best fall down sometimes, and even the stars refuse to shine. And out of the back you fall in time. I somehow find. Secret society. Secret society. Secret society. Secret society. Secret society. Hey, get hype now.